I'm Brianna. I'm Sarah. And we are the The Squad Squad Ghouls. Just a couple of creepy gals that love creepy things. And we have our uh, production intern, Banks, is floating (laughs) around the room. He mostly just broke into the studio, but then he found the really soft purple pillow that uh, is mega fuzzy. It's the big body pillow. And now he's just making biscuits on it. But Binks mostly just likes to be wherever we are. <laughs> because he's just like I want to be where the people are. <laughs> well, he's, you know, he's a dark and spooky kitty named for another dark and spooky kitty. Mm-hmm. Um, and he loves Tool. So he's basically my son. I birthed him. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. So if we hear anything crashing in the background, I will do my best to edit it out. But (laughs) (laughs) well, speaking of crashing, I have a joke for you. Okay. (laughs) Uh, What is a vampire's worst fear? I don't know. What is it? Tooth decay. Oh my God. (laughs) That's funny. <laughs> so dumb, <laughs> but great. Well, I have one for you too. I'm ready. Okay, how do vampires start their letters? I don't know how. Tomb it may concern, and there it goes. And there's the crash, <laughs> right in the middle of my joke. <sighs> Thanks, Binks. Oh, Binks, for ruining the punchline. This is why he's just an intern and not an employee of Squad Goals Inc. <laughs> He's like, what can I get into? I'm a wreck it. <laughs> I am the knight. He totally just like runs around screaming, I am the knight. He's <laughs> just getting into everything. He does. <laughs> well, shall we get into our booze news? We should. Booze news. Booze news. So first up, our gal pal Elvira turns 40 this year. Wow. So it's important to know Elvira turns 40, right. not Cassandra Peterson. Yeah, because I was like, isn't she older? She is not 40. Okay. <laughs> she is. I mean, she looks few, good, though. She looks great, but she's had a few anniversaries of being 40. Okay. Um, But the character of Elvira turns 40 this year. So Hatchet Books is actually going to be publishing Cassandra Peterson's memoir, Yours Cruelly, Elvira. <gasps> Memoirs Ooh. of the Mistress of the Dark. I actually can't wait to read this i know me too um so it's coming out on september 21st of this year which i feel like is very far away but realistically in quarantine time it's not that far because february is already half gone right so here we are (laughs) um so the official synopsis is the woman behind the icon known as elvira mistress of the dark the undisputed queen of halloween reveals her full story filled with intimate bombshells told by the bombshell herself on good friday in 1953 at only 18 months old 25 miles from the nearest hospital in manhattan kansas not manhattan new york but manhattan (laughs) kansas uh cassandra peterson reached for a pot on the stove and doused herself in boiling water third degree burns covered 35 percent of her body and the prognosis wasn't good but she survived uh burned and scarred the impact stayed with her and became an obstacle she was determined to overcome feeling like a misfit led with her to her love of horror uh while her sisters played with barbie dolls cassandra played with model kits of frankenstein and dracula that's amazing i know i like crazy, it crazy town <laughs> um oh please don't turn off the recording kitty is your anxiety going right now yeah binks is about to get real fired after i uh 
Would you like me to grab him? No, I'll do it. I'm going to read my news first. Okay, go ahead. (laughs) Um, So next up, J.J. Abrams and Bad Robots spinoff of Stephen King's The Shining Overlook is still in the works over oh. at HBO Max. I'm so excited for this. Okay, I'm in. I'm here for this. I know, me too. So, Dustin Thomason and Scott Brown, who did Castle Rock, which I freaking love, um, are writing and executive producing a 10-episode drama. And HBO head Casey Bloys told Entertainment Weekly, we haven't seen anything yet. I'm excited to see it. And they're encouraged and happy about it, but I don't have an update other than they're busily working away over a bad robot. Um, yeah super excited i like this me too yay <laughs> oh my gosh <laughs> he's way up there now oh my god okay <laughs> well here i'll get my <laughs> my news i'm about to go fire our intern while you're doing that <laughs> yes so so fresh off her standout role as gia in uh hbo's lovecraft country hollywood reporter um reports that jamie chung has joined the cast of dexter uh showtime's uh, fresh revival of their own series so chung will play molly a famous true co- true crime podcaster from los angeles it's like very popular right now <laughs> as far as podcast goes <laughs> and then additionally um oscar Wahlberg will play zach the captain of the iron lake high school wrestling team and then uh they describe him as he's a bit of a bully but generally the go-to guy to have a good time he's the the gateway to the in crowd which includes the daughter of the chief of police uh, so Jamie, uh, so Jamie Chung and Oscar Wahlberg joined the returning uh, Michael C. Hall in the revival, with the cast also including uh, Clancy Brown, Julia Jones, uh, Alano Miller, uh, Johnny Sequoia, and Jack Alcott. Hmm. That's a big cast. Yeah, so uh, good for Jamie Chung. She's getting busy. Remember when she was on The Real World? I know. We were just talking about that. <laughs> the Real World, San Diego. She's like, I'm Jamie. <laughs> she was so cute and young. she really was and she hasn't aged today and that was like 20 she, years ago now right she looks, still looks the same good job girl <laughs> so um so fresh off midsummer uh florence is it poo, poo? sure poo? <laughs> i think it's pew pew yeah i think so oh it's like a church pew oh got it okay so florence pew there it is <laughs> maybe i don't know it could be wrong florence if I, you listen to I this one, like no, you don't fix I, it <laughs> like it's better than what i was coming up with um pew, pew. pew. <laughs> um she will continue hanging out in the uh genre space um with the upcoming dolly so uh Danline reported um that it's actually been picked up by apple tv plus um vanessa taylor and drew pierce are scripting and a director hasn't um yet been found but um the synopsis of this movie dolly uh it says the film is a sci-fi courtroom drama in which a robotic companion doll kills its owner and then shocks the world by claiming that she is not guilty and asking for a lawyer Mm. yeah (laughs) interesting yeah so and deadline also notes that the movie is inspired by a short story um of the same name that was written by uh, Elizabeth Bear, and the story has uh, elements of classic courtroom drama and sci-fi. Groovy. Yeah. So I was like, "That's interesting." I'm not mad about it. A, a an animatronic doll. 
<laughs> Ask him for a lawyer. <laughs> I mean, it's better than the lawyer who was on the Zoom call with the cat filter. Uh, <laughs> and I'm not really a cat. I'm a living person. Like, no. <laughs> really? You think? We didn't know. You made it through law school. That's terrifying. <laughs> Well, we want to continue on um, through this wonderful month of February and also Black History Month. And we'd like to share some wonderful Black-owned small businesses because also we should be supporting small businesses, but also mostly we should be supporting Black-owned businesses. Yes. So, yeah. Yes, we should. (laughs) So, um, the one I wanted to share, it's called yo-yo and wicked land um that is her name on um instagram but um she's the owner of wicked land jewelry um she's also a uh, published alt model um she's a suicide girl and she's also a proud slytherin i thought you would like hey that. girl hey <laughs> um so her brand uh wicked land she owns a t-shirt site on Redbubble with her own um uh, designs uh, she's got some really cute shirts. <laughs> and then also, um, she has her jewelry store at wickedland.storemv.com. And everything is all handmade by her. Groovy. Some really cute stuff. I know if you look, you're you're probably going to purchase some things. Hiss, hiss, motherfucker. I know, especially because she's a Slytherin, yep. too. <laughs> Supporting Slytherins and Black-owned shops. Yep. <laughs> Sounds like my kind of party. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so please check out a yo-yo in Wicked Land Instagram and also on Redbubble and then her uh, store envy shop. Groovy. So the business that I picked for today is Gotham Taxidermy. Ooh. So this is a business, a small business run by Divya, who is First off, she's cute as hell. She is absolutely gorgeous. She looks like a goddamn fashion model. And understandably so, she came from the fashion industry. She was a oh. fashion designer. Oh, um, cool. But then she, you know, she, obviously she enjoyed the paycheck that came with being a fashion designer. But she more and more was feeling less and less fulfilled in what she did every day. And she has a passion for conservation and for nature. So she then became a taxidermist. So she specializes in birds and pets and small animals and she will take some, it's a lot harder to get commission spots from her, um, but she will take some pet commissions. I've often wondered of if when Peanuts time comes, if I would have her taxidermied, but then I just remember that Peanuts going to live forever. So I don't ever have to worry (laughs) about that. (laughs) Like she's part Chihuahua, so... (laughs) <laughs> the spite alone yeah i know <laughs> she'll, she'll be able to run for at least 80 years right <laughs> um but yeah so she takes some commissions but the uh, other cool thing is she actually teaches different virtual classes on Ooh. different te- techniques and such so check out her website she's gotham taxidermy on instagram and then she's got a link in her bio you know all the cool kids that have like the little link trees yeah um well she's got one of those and it goes to a variety of different places and so one of them are her classes and then other commissions um but she you can also actually find some of her taxidermy pieces over at oddities flea market and right now oddities flea market is doing clearly all virtual events typically they will have events in los angeles here in los angeles or then also in new york but obviously it is not safe to congregate so they have online oddities flea market so you can potentially this yes you can potentially score a couple of her pieces there 
Nice. And before we get into our topic, wanted to mention, in case you did not know, we are Kitty FX brand ambassadors. Yay! Woo! Um, we so, model and stuff. Well. <laughs> And in our dreams, we do. Right, right. <laughs> um, but be sure to check out Kitty FX Shop on Instagram. Um, great, great jewelry items, plus super cute little towers, the acrylic towers that stack and move out in different places. I need to buy one of those, actually. Yes, me too. Um, I just saw that, and I'm like, why did I not buy that yet? Well, and this sounds really terrible, um, but I am, and if I ever lost it, Jared would shoot me. I am terrible about keeping tabs on my wedding ring. Oh. So I've had a couple of close calls. It's so beautiful. How could you do that? Because I leave it in <laughs> weird places like on the paper towel holder when I'm cooking. Because <laughs> oh it's got that little bar on it. Yeah. So I leave it there. I could see your reasoning on that. Well, and I can't leave it out anywhere special because like or anywhere just on the counter or anything because Binks will come up and take it and run. He's done it before. <laughs> um so I need one of those little towers to keep on my bed to f- flip close so I don't lose my wedding ring. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, cuz he'll murder me in my sleep or when I'm awake and make sure it's <laughs> nice and painful. Um but moral of the story, really really cute and awesome fun jewelry things. She had a great Valentine's Day collection. Yes. Um and then she's got a couple of other exciting collections coming up as well. We are ambassadors, which means our listeners get 15% off. Yes, make sure you use our our um code which is squad ghouls all in caps and you will get 15 percent off and we also have updated our website with a direct link to kitty fx shop yeah. so if you happen to be browsing on our website you can just click that link and then your 15 percent off is automatically applied at checkout nice Good yeah job. man I'm going to go click on it anyway. <laughs> so today we are going to do a wonderful movie review Yay. on Blackula. Woohoo! Perfect choice. <laughs> Especially for it being Black History Month. Mm-hmm. We couldn't think of a better movie to talk about. Right? This is a big deal because this is all part of the whole like, you know, black exploitation films. So yes. And this was also penned as being and marketed as being the first black horror film. Yes. And can we talk about the soundtrack? Oh my God. <laughs> good soundtrack. So good. Such good soundtracks. <laughs> so before we get into the details of the movie, yes. uh, we wanted to share a little bit about the history of black exploitation films. And this is going to be a very condensed history because there's there a lot. So much more to talk about. Um, but let's talk about what exactly is the black exploitation genre. So it is a specific subset of exploitation cinema which is comprised of all of these independently produced really low budget b movies and grindhouse films not just horror but i mean any any low budget movie that you can think of so they typically revolve around some sort of a lewd violent or very taboo subject matter but they were engineered specifically to attract an audience through sensation and controversy which is why you saw a lot of films starring pimps or sex workers that sort of thing so black exploitation films featured black actors in lead roles and they were typically centered around black protagonists overcoming oppressive or antagonistic 
or also generally white authority figures that were referred to none other than the man. So anytime you say you're sticking it to the man, that's where this came from. Um, so more often than not, a lot of these protagonists in these black exploitation films were outlined as being with very stereotypical characterizations. So like I mentioned, um, pimps or sex mm-hmm. workers or pushers, bounty hunters. Um, but at their core, these movies all really featured black empowerment, and that yeah. was the the moral of the story. So, you may think, why were these films needed? Well, kids, friends, <laughs> Hollywood did not like to cast black actors yep. in films unless they were very stereotypical roles, such as the natives yep. or slaves or i mean any role like that that could be very stereotypical you did not see black actors in leading roles ever in hollywood mm-hmm. pre-black exploitation films yeah, and even then like sometimes if they were casted mm-hmm. like a smaller role it was more like a token yes kind of thing with the so. exception of sydney poitier yeah sydney poitier <laughs> that was that's the exception yeah. as soon as i said that i went nope sydney poitier yeah right <laughs> um so it was very rare, I should say, to see a black actor in a leading uh, role yes. in Hollywood. So the term black exploitation actually was coined by Junius Griffin, who was the then head of the L.A. chapter of the NAACP, which Ooh. stands for the National Association for the Advancement of Colored People. If you did not know that there now there's a thing you know um so in the early 70s uh as a criticism for the less than positive images of black folks that were depicted in the genre he came up with this term um and his influence actually later contributed to its demise however not everybody within the black community agreed with that assessment Mm -hmm. uh so despite the genre's potential to reinforce these negative stereotypes a large majority of the black community considered black exploitation cinema to be a sign of progress well yeah because there's at least some representation and it's it's something that i've complained about since we started the podcast is that representation absolutely matters it makes a difference to that little girl being able to watch a film and see an actor that looks like her or that young boy who sees an actor that looks like him and the, the thing that always makes me cry is the the little girl who was watching Hamilton. And she's a gal of Asian descent. I'm not sure exactly what. But she's watching Philippa Sue sing um, Hamilton's wife. Eliza. Uh, yes. <laughs> and, sorry. She's watching that and going, she looks like me. Mm-hmm. That's me. Like, that brings a tear to my eye yeah. every time. Um, so... It's definitely a sign of progress. Before the genre's birth in 71, as I mentioned, unfortunately, black actors in television and film were only uh, casted as being sidekicks, victims, and very token roles or stereotypical roles. Mm -hmm. Um, But the black exploitation movement started to put an end to that. Yeah, it's really great. My, you know, my grandmother was the first one who kind of introduced that genre to me you know like you know showing me like foxy cleopatra and you mean foxy brown foxy oh, cleopatra was beyonce oh my god in the third austin powers <laughs> i movie. am so tired <laughs> sorry foxy brown that's exactly what i meant pam greer <laughs> pam greer oh 
God, rewind. Um, <laughs> yes, Foxy Brown. Damn you, Beyonce. <laughs> Seriously. I don't know why that just went in my head. But anyway, so my grandmother showed me Foxy Brown. Of course, cutting out like parts that I wasn't allowed to see. Oh, yeah. Um, but it was really cool. I would say like, you know, just for a young person like myself to see her kind of like as the the hero you know like she was the one fighting the crime she and bad she ass. really was like just to see how how badass she was and, and she looked fierce doing it yeah and like all that woman power and you know her just being you know black woman like i just loved seeing that and she was just so she was portrayed so beautifully mm-hmm. but you know so i'm glad and then of course because i love you know dark and spooky things of course my my mom my mom and my grandmother were like well you got to watch blackula and i was like blackula <laughs> and i'm like well, there's dracula and they're like yeah but then there's blackula there's so. like <laughs> it, and i i gotta tell you the hughes corporation just yeah it was so great the soundtrack just makes it and yes. i loved i love the hughes corporation <laughs> i mean just everything about this this movie is just so great <laughs> well and i think uh every I'm, I'm gonna make a bold statement and speak for every bass player okay every bass player that is truly a bass player not a guitar player that pretends to play bass because they're like oh no it's really the same thing no if you are a bass player <laughs> every bass player's favorite thing to play is funk Yep. Because it's so much fun. It does not go by the root of the song. Mm-mm. It is the hands down the most fun music to play on bass. If you are a bass player, not a guitarist pretending to play bass. <laughs> no, no, you just play power chords. It's fine. Like, no. Got to walk that bass line. Totally different. <laughs> but, well, I'll get into a little bit about the movie. So, so Blackula came out in 1972 and it was directed by William Crane. Um, so it stars uh, William Marshall in the title role and just a little tidbit and I'll get into the plot a little bit later too. But um, so William Marshall's in the title role and it's about an 18th century African prince named Mom Muwalde. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love that name. I'm like, I had to keep hearing them say it because I'm just like, that's a lot, you guys. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, so he is turned into a vampire and later locked into a coffin by Count Dracula in the Count's castle in Transylvania. Transylvania in the year 1780 after dracula refused to help mama walde suppress the slave trade that's so rude anyway (laughs) so rude how dare you uh (laughs) want to block the slave trade from me dracula was mean in this (laughs) anyway so black was released um and it got like a lot of low mixed reviews but i think it just kind of goes along the lines like some people you know liked you know the black exploitation movies and then others kind of like uh, i don't know like but it actually um received uh, an award for best horror film at the saturn awards and then also um blackula was followed by the sequel scream back blackula scream <laughs> mm-hmm. in 1973 and it inspired a wave of other black exploitation themed horror films 
So, yay. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, So the cast, as I mentioned before, so William Marshall played uh, Prince Mama Walde and Blackula. Um, William Marshall awesome <laughs> by the way he is and for those that didn't know he is actually a broadway trained actor yeah you could tell oh yeah you could tell compared to like i mean no offense to anybody else but compared to some of the other actors and actresses you can tell <laughs> like he he definitely stood out i can say that oh absolutely um and then we have uh denise nicholas as michelle williams not michelle williams from destiny's child <laughs> <laughs> And then we have Vanetta McGee as Tina Williams, or and she also played the part of Aluva. And then we have Gordon Pinsett as Lieutenant Jack Peters. Um, Salmas uh, Razulala, I had to like say a couple times, um, as Dr. Gordon Thomas. Emily Yancey as Nancy. Uh, Lance Taylor Sr. as Swenson. Logan Field as Sergeant Barnes, Ted Harris as Bobby McCoy, and Rick Metzler as Billy Schaefer. And so there we have the cast. Oh, wait, no, I have more. Sorry. <laughs> but that's like the top cast. But that's like the top. Yeah. <laughs> I have to scroll down. Sorry. Um, also, um, Ketty Lester as Juanita, uh, Juanita Jones, and the Taxi Girl. Um, Charles McCauley as Count Dracula, uh, G2 uh, Kumbuku, Kumbuka, sorry, as Skillet. It's like the weirdest name ever. <laughs> um, uh, Elijah Cook Jr. as Sam, uh, Eric Brotherson as real as a real estate agent, and then we have the Hughes Corporation as themselves. <laughs> they oh, they were so good. Uh-huh. I mean, they just had to, like, sit there and just do the music, really. But I love how many... That's one of the things that I actually... And I get it. Like, this is not a cinematic masterpiece. That's not why you watch it. Exactly. Um, But I, my, one of my favorite things about this movie is the breakdowns of the club scenes with the Hughes Corporation mm-hmm. grooving because... God, yeah. Just... I, I love funk music. I really love funk me music. Me too. I'm so glad that my grandmother and my mom raised me on the right music. And then let me kind of like figure out some other stuff that I like that probably isn't music to them, <laughs> to be honest, because music was just so different back then and so much better. I read a really interesting um, article. Oh God, what publication was it? I forget what it was from, but uh, studies show that you stopped you stop seeking out new music in your 30s. I mean, I can kind of see myself as I'm getting closer to, oh, I don't know, like, you know, uh, 30 again. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I feel like I go back to, like, music I listen to, like, growing up. Like, I I don't go too far into the new stuff. Like, there's some new people that I like. Sure. But... I mean, because every now and then I'm, I'm like you. I'm like, oh, you know, Cardi B, Megan The Stallion. Oh, I love my Megan The Stallion. <laughs> I just love to dance. So whenever I hear something kind of catchy and you know, I kind of dance to it, like then I, I like it. But I, I always find myself going back. I know that there's a lot of people out there that talk crap about Cardi B and Megan The Stallion because their music is so raunchy. But I'm sorry, a lot of hip hop and rap is really raunchy. Yeah. I- don't understand that like why they talk about oh they just talk so nasty i'm like did you hear like the rap music when like it first came out straighten a sister's crown let's celebrate that there are women that are 
willing that are strong and confident and exactly like get it girl i say take talk all about the dirty stuff because they're the the guys are doing it men do it all the time and get paid all the time and what what better story are you gonna get from two women who used to be strippers oh my god (laughs) they know everything (laughs) they know all your dirty secrets And I want to hear all the stories. I love my Megan the Stallion. Give me all the stories. Also, one of these days, I would like my body to look like that. One of these anyway. days, I just really want to know what it feels like to do hot girl shit. <laughs> I just really want to know what it feels like. <laughs> I'm sorry, I can't talk right now. I'm, I'm doing, doing hot, hot girl, girl shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I want to say that to somebody one day. Oh, what's it like? I it's gonna know. be. It's gonna be really soon. Yep. Real anyway, soon. not anyway. to digress, but anyway. <laughs> So I'll get into a little bit of the plot. So we open up in uh, to Blackula and we see Prince Mama Walde. He's sent by the elders of the Abani African nation to seek help of uh, from Count Dracula in suppressing the slave trade. Um, Dracula instead laughs at his request and insults him by making like thinly veiled overtures about enslaving his wife, Luva. I mean, it's it's so bad. <laughs> so bad. And I was like, just when like I was gonna say Dracula's like my favorite character, I'm like, not in this movie. Nope. <laughs> I'm like, Dracula was a dick. Nope. <laughs> and he wants to keep people slaved. I'm like, yeah. rude. Anyway. <laughs> so after a uh, they you know get into a big fight and so after a little scuffle with his you know dracula's minions uh mama walde is trans he's captured and dracula comes and bites him and then he is transformed <laughs> um so dracula curse uh curses him with the name blackula <laughs> and imprison imprisons him in a sealed coffin in a crypt hidden beneath the castle uh his wife luba is also imprisoned in the uh, the crypt as well but she is left to die Aww. she's so pretty oh she's freaking so beautiful. gorgeous mm-hmm if anything i just like want my skin to look like that <laughs> like it's just, ugh, anyway so <laughs> in 1972 the coffin is purchased as a part of a state um by two um <laughs> two interior decorators so we have bobby mccoy and billy shaper and they um ship all this back to los angeles so bobby and billy open the coffin and become prince mama walde's first victims this is the first time he's coming out so of course he's really hungry and it's such a dramatic yes. <laughs> scene like i mean it's it's like evil dead style camp yeah it really is that's how over the top it is <laughs> but i loved it i'm just sitting there watching it just eating my popcorn like it's <laughs> just so great mm-hmm. but so um so then we go um, at the funeral home where uh bobby mccoy's uh body is laid mom walde spies on morning friends um at the funeral so we have tina williams um her sister michelle and michelle's boyfriend dr gordon thomas who is a pathologist for the los angeles police department so mama walde believes that tina is the reincarnation of his deceased wife luva which yes it was the same actress (laughs) so just in case you didn't know um so on close investigation of the corpse at the funeral home dr thomas thomas notices oddities with bobby mccoy's death that he later concludes to be consistent with vampire folklore 
Woo. <laughs> so Prince Malawalde continues to kill and transform various people he encounters as Tina kind of begins to fall in love. And so he, you know, he's goes and tries to like basically like woo her and kind of pull her in because, you know, like I said, he believes that this is, you know, Luva. So he's trying to win her back. Um, so Thomas, uh, his colleague, Lieutenant Peters, and Michelle follow the trail of murder victims and begin to suspect a vampire is responsible because they're doing all this research and, you know, trying to learn about vampires. So they're pretty sure, like, this is what's going on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, so after Thomas digs up uh, Billy's coffin, Billy's corpse rises as a vampire and attacks Thomas, uh, who fends him off and drives a stake through his heart because they did their homework, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> <Yep>. which is good. <laughs> uh, Thomas also finds a photo negative taken of Mama Walde and Tina in which um, Mama Walde, obviously you can't see her because he's a vampire, um, which furthermore, you know, goes with their conclusion (laughs) so um after killing one of the undead victims in the city morgue thomas and peters track mama walde to his hideout uh and it's the warehouse where bobby mccoy and billy schaefer were uh schaefer were first slain so they locate and defeat several vampires in that whole area but uh, mama walde um manages to escape so after that, so Mom Walde lures Tina to his new hideout at a nearby chemical plant while Thomas and a group of police officers pursue him. So Mama Walde dispatch, uh, dispatches several officers, but one of them accidentally shoots Tina fatally. Mm. <laughs> bye, Tina. I know, bye, Tina. <laughs> so to save her life, Mama Walde transforms her into a vampire. That's sweet. I mean, I kind of want to be a vampire. Anyway. <laughs> live forever. <laughs> but actually, I don't think I would want to live forever. I mm. might like eventually be like, you know what? I'm good. Eventually, I'd be like, this place sucks. Yeah. What because, are y'all doing? I mean, like, it was, I mean, after last year, <laughs> I don't think anybody wants to try to live forever. Like, y'all just haven't to see the learned, next coming. <laughs> no, y'all haven't learned anything. Y'all are killing your planet. Right. I'm out. I'm done. Right. <laughs> if there's any vampires listening, I'm, I'm, you know wondering what's <laughs> how long you've been here because <laughs> i'm sure last year was just you were thinking i'm like you know what i think i'm good mm-hmm. <laughs> but anyway um so one of the remaining policemen actually uh, locates the coffin and alerts peters however uh peters inadvertently kills tina with a stake so sad uh believing that mama walde would be in the coffin instead um so devastated at losing her again mama walde tells thomas and peters there's no need to pursue him further and he willingly climbs the stairs to the roof where the morning sun destroys him oh bye everybody everybody's dead so sad i know it was kind of a sad ending and then that whole like transformation of like him burning in the sun Here's the thing that, well, it was fine, but like the maggots, I thought that was that was a little yeah, we didn't need it unnecessary. Like we could have just seen him burning and his skin just melting. Be like, I get it. I was like, why maggots? Why? I mean, I get it when meat is in the hot sun, you get maggots. I get it. But he's a vampire. Technically, he's already dead. Well, and also he was only there for like a minute. Right. So I was like, where did all these fucking maggots come from? I was like, there was a lot. Like, like each take, they kept just like, 
pouring a bucket of maggots. maggots. (laughs) (sighs) But yeah, that's the movie. Tony Stark dies. (laughs) But there is a sequel, a follow-up called Scream Blackula Scream. Yes. For more uh, Blackula vampire fun. I actually might want to watch that. Uh, I think that one's also on... Shudder? Shudder, yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, did you watch it on Shudder or Amazon? Uh, I watched, I actually watched it on YouTube. Oh, so, really? Yes, there's a couple of different ways that you can watch this. You can watch it on oh, nice. for, uh, for free on YouTube. Uh, you can watch it on Shudder. Um, and you can also do a free trial for okay. Shudder to watch it. Um, hmm. But yeah. Nice. Yeah. So let's talk about where this was filmed. Um, it was actually filmed o- only over the course of three months from January to March. Mm-hmm. And actually technically two because they started at the end of January. So late January to late March in 1972. And it was shot on location in Los Angeles. I noticed a lot of locations. Yep. Primarily Watts. Yeah. That's where I noticed. <laughs> um, for those that don't know the area well. Watts is a challenged area. Well, back then, it wasn't that bad. Well, ish. This was about the time that uh, the well, government was pumping yeah. controlled substances I mean, into well, right. historically redlined areas. Yes, which Watts definitely mm-hmm. one of them. But it was like, it was bad, but it wasn't like how it is now. Oh, no, no, no. I'll say no. that. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing's as bad as now. Yeah. I'm like, I, I would love to go and visit the Watts Towers, but it's in like one of the worst areas in Watts. Yeah. <laughs> and it's so beautiful. Yeah. Which like, it just drives me crazy because like even I don't want to go there in the daytime, which no, is sad. And no. I lived in Compton, so. <laughs> but this is what happens when you, when you take funding from people and you put them in dire circumstances and there's not a lot of opportunity to get out. Yeah. It's like we were watching something about the Flint water crisis and Ugh. Jared, I just, no, it wasn't Jared. Oh, one of my in-laws had asked, well, why don't these people move? I'm like, how their houses are worth nothing now. Yeah. Absolutely because of the nothing. Water. So how are they supposed to leave? Like, <laughs> this is how this kind of shit happens. But thank God Rick Snyder's finally indicted on some kind of charges. What a piece of garbage. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> I digress. So, as I mentioned, uh, it was actually shot on location in LA. So, primarily shot in Watts. And the final scenes in the warehouse, quote unquote, warehouse were shot at the Hyperion Outfall Treatment Plant in Playa del Rey. Oh. Also in Los Angeles. Nice. Yeah. Um, and let's talk a little bit about William Marshall and his portrayal of Blackula. So amazing. So while the film was still in production stages, William Marshall actually worked with the producers to make sure his character had some dignity. And I like it. That came, yeah, and that came from his Broadway background. He definitely knew he knew that this was gonna be a black exploitation film. Mm-hmm. He knew that it probably wasn't going to be it was gonna be targeted for a specific subset subset of people um so his character's name was changed from andrew brown to mumwald and received a background story about being an african prince i like that yeah i really like that they changed that yeah i did too it gave it a little bit of like my name is andrew brown right how fucking generic it's like john smith i'm I'm blackula right 
And then now it's, I'm Mamu Walde. Right. Blackula. Is so freaking cool. Yeah. Um, and for time lapse purposes, the film actually takes place in 1780 when they're at Dracula's castle. Mm-hmm. And then 1972. I like it. In Los Angeles. It's perfect. Yep. Um, and then as, as mentioned a million times, I love the Hughes Corporation. They were <laughs> best known for their song, Rock the Boat from 74. So if you haven't listened to it, please do yourself a favor and do rock that. the boat. Don't rock the boat, baby. Mm-hmm. Rock the boat. Don't tip the boat over. I, Sorry. No, no, you're all good. I love the Hughes Corporation. Rock the boat. Um, and uh, Black, or I'm sorry, uh, the Black Yellow character was actually the first black vampire to appear in film. I know. That's pretty amazing. I know. It was a big deal. In 1972. I mean, to me, it's a big deal. It, to a lot of people, it should I, be I was like, <laughs> I don't know about everybody else, but to me, it was a really big deal. It is a big deal. <laughs> And last but not least, it was actually pretty popular when it debuted in America. So it debuted at number 24 on Variety's list of top films. And it eventually grossed over a million dollars, which I get it. All the Avengers movies made a billion. But this was 1972. (laughs) So adjusted for inflation. Right. uh, It actually made it was one of the highest grossing films of 1972 as a result. Oh, yeah. Nice. Yeah. like it. Yeah. And as you mentioned, it has mixed to positive reviews. Yeah. Um, I, read, I read a couple of them that were interesting. <laughs> yeah. There were a couple that weren't super kind. Um, but for the most part, it got mixed to positive reviews, which I I totally support. It's, I mean, it is, it's a black exploitation film. Yeah. So it's, and also it was 1972. Right. Well, there was one that I read and I actually looked at the whole article um, and it said like they described it as a disappointing model for what promised to be an exciting new genre, the black horror film. I was like, what? A white person wrote that. It says the film uh, conspicuously fails to pick up on any of its themes, more interesting possibilities, cinematic or or philosophical. Mm -hmm. I was like, seriously? (laughs) I was like, oh, my gosh. (laughs) I was like, well, fine. I liked it. I thought it was good. And um, I was going to say I even looked on Rotten Tomatoes in the I thought it was a fair. It was at 50. Yeah. I, th- yeah. I think that's fair. Yeah. On a scale of, when you know, one to five screams, I'd give it like two and a half. Yeah. I, I mean, like, I'm, I'm like two and a half, like borderline three. Maybe like a two, seven, five. Yeah. There I am. That's where I'm at. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was, and, and I think that you have to appreciate what this did not just for horror films, but you have to appreciate what this did for black actors in film. Right. Because as we've mentioned before, this is a subgenre or this is a genre that has historically excluded a very specific group of people. Um, and it horror horror has very typically been dominated by white directors, white actors, white screenwriters. It's mm-hmm. completely whitewashed. So 
you have to appreciate that this was the first black vampire movie. This was the first black horror movie. Um, And it needs to get a little more credit and respect for that. Yeah, exactly. I, I don't know. I just, uh, from watching all, I mean, I've seen most of all the, you know, black exploitation films that were um, released. And I have to say out of all of them, this is probably my favorite minus that I love horror films. But like you watched nine hundred black exploitation. Well, movies? not like not nine hundred, but like a good chunk of them. <laughs> and I have to say, like this is probably one of my favorites out of all the ones I see, minus Foxy Brown, not Fo- Foxy Cleopatra. <laughs> Damn it! Um, but uh, I don't know. I just compared to, and also compared to some of the horror films that came out in the seventies, I you know, this can be kind of up there <laughs> too. I mean, I, th- I feel like a lot of the horror films in the seventies were like, okay, they were okay. Some were really good, but some were just okay. I mean, the exorcist. I know there's that. That's what I said. Some of them really good. Mm-hmm. And then you had some that were like, they were just okay. <laughs> like, Amityville. Yes. Didn't Amityville Wait, is that 70s? in the seventies? No, maybe that was 80. Hold on, hold on, hold on. It's very 70s clothing. Yeah. Well, it takes takes place... In the 70s. In the 70s, right. Yes. Yes. Well, yeah, you have those, like, and, and also, like, competing with that. Like, <laughs> especially when... I 79 can... boom i was right oh so you were close <laughs> like it is kind of close to the 80s it was 79 okay okay good. i was like i thought it was 70 so it was it at the 70s. end <laughs> yeah i don't care i don't care i still got it 70s still, still 70s 79 <laughs> july 27 1979 that was still 70s <laughs> but i well it, anyway but for me like it's you know probably one of my little favorites that i watched especially because it was with my mom my grandmother my mm. granny yeah, so. no, nobody in my family like horror films but me. Oh. <laughs> well, I'll watch them with you. <laughs> As we're doing now, you know, I'll watch anything. You tell, I gotta tell you how terrified my mother was when all I wanted to check out of the library was Goosebumps and Fear Street books. <laughs> she's like, what is wrong with my child? And she's like, well, and I remember her very specifically <laughs> saying, because I, I remember asking her why it bothered her so much. And her response to me was, as long as you don't start wearing all black, we'll be okay. Oops. Well then. <laughs> Oops. Whoops. <laughs> Sorry, mom. <laughs> like that's what my whole closet looks like. On on Sorry. weekdays we wear black. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> also on weekends. On days that went and why we wear black. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, definitely good. I feel like you should definitely give it a watch Absolutely. if you haven't seen it. Because, I mean, well, like any of these that we mentioned, minus that Christmas one. (laughs) Oh, Silent Night, Deadly Night. Yes, minus that one. (laughs) Was that one in the 70s, too? I don't remember. Uh, 70s or 60s. It was was so bad. Let me find it. I have to say, so far, it's probably one of the worst ones we've watched. 84. Oh, Jesus. (laughs) Oh, poor 80s. Or did we talk about Silent Night, Bloody Night? Mm, yeah it's silent night uh bloody night 72 okay (laughs) so it came out the same year as this one (laughs) what a difference yeah right (laughs) 
<laughs> oh man but yeah definitely check it out and let us know your thoughts see what, let us know what you think yeah we would love to hear if uh you have any other fun black exploitation horror films for us yes because i mean there are several and i'm sure we'll talk about another couple before the end of the month yeah and before the end of the year yeah i think we just keep it going yeah man but if there's something specifically that you would like to hear we definitely love suggestions and we and we just love in general hearing from our listeners absolutely so please email us at the at gmail.com and we also have a little contact form where you can also write your suggestions on our website at uh, com. absolutely uh don't forget to rate and review us wherever you listen to podcasts uh subscribe like whatever your podcasting forum asks you to do do that <laughs> Uh, follow us on Instagram. Our handle is the Squad Ghouls. Like us on Facebook. We have merch. Oh, yeah. On our website, www.thesquadghouls.com. Yes. And don't forget, check out Kitty FX. Yes. And don't forget to use our code Squad Ghouls and you will get 15% off. Or use the link on our website. Yes, also. One of the two. Whatever works for you. Go to our website. We make things easy for you. We do. (laughs) (laughs) Creep it real. And we'll scare you later. Bye-bye. Bye.